Welcome to your upfront moment. We're building a confidence revolution. Hi friends, I'm Lauren Curry, the founder of Upfront. We're an organisation on a mission to change confidence for 1 million women and non-binary people by 2023. And we do this in three ways. We transform your relationship and habits around confidence, power and visibility through our six-week online course. Each cohort is called a bond. Bond is the collective noun for a group of women and over a thousand women have graduated from a bond from over 20 different countries. We build community, real, genuine, human community, where women learn how to stand up for themselves and each other. We hold each other to account. We celebrate each other and learn together. Our community is Global Bond. We create content that will inspire, challenge and motivate you to be upfront. We are here to change confidence, not women. Upfront Moment is designed to kick your week off with confidence, self-compassion and agency. Hi team, welcome to this week's Upfront Moment. Oh my goodness, you're in for such a treat. Our guest this week is Cindy Gallup. Cindy Gallup is the founder of Make Love Not Porn. She is a sex tech entrepreneur on a mission to get more people speaking openly about sex and making a goddamn shit ton of money whilst doing so. In this conversation, we talk about entrepreneurship, we talk about women building industries, we talk about money, living by values, getting angry, how difficult it is to do nothing. Cindy has inspired me for many, many years. It was an absolute thrill to get this proper time with her. I loved our conversation and I know you will too. Good morning, Cindy. So great to have you in Upfront Moment. How are you today? I'm great and I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I've just been gushing to you as we were setting up on how proud and thrilled I am to have this time with you because you're somebody who has inspired me and I know my community for many years. So I'm excited to have you all to myself for 30 minutes. But for those listening who might not know of you and might not know of your work, I would love you to tell us What's your story? Who are you? What do you care about? What mission are you on? Sure. Um, very briefly, um, I'm the founder and CEO of Make Love Not Porn. We are pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. And I'm on a journey to change the world through sex. Love this. Love this mission very much. And you also want to make a huge amount of money whilst changing the world through sex. <laughs> um, that's enormously important. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I urge all of us as women to unashamedly set out to make an absolute God, I'm fucking shit ton of money. Mm -hmm. And I deliberately articulate it like that because that is how much money I want all of us to make. And I want us all to make it because when we make an absolute God, I'm fucking shit ton of money, we can then use that money to fund other women, to donate to other women, 
support other women, help other women. And so I'm currently working to raise a serious round of funding for Make Love Not Porn. And the title page of my pitch deck is a line from my original Make Love Not Porn pitch deck back in 2010, 2011. Mm -hmm. And it says, I want to change the world through sex and make a huge amount of money doing it. So yeah, I'm leaving investors in no doubt at all that this is absolutely a business designed to do good and make money simultaneously, which is what I believe the future of business is. Yes, which is exactly what my business is all about as well. And I think it still feels quite rare or quite radical, which is interesting, that this idea of being able to do both at scale. Um, but you, as you say, it's been 10 years. You've been pitching and preaching and you know. 14 years actually lauren i launched make love not porn in its original iteration at ted in 2009 so it's been 14 years so that is a long time like how is it how is it going because i know you've talked openly about how hard it was for a while you were getting a lot of rejections and a lot of no's a lot of people not understanding the value of the sector that you're working in so how is it all going what well, do you know lauren in 14 years um Everybody around the world has welcomed Make Love Not Porn. I've never had a single negative response from the people Make Love Not Porn is designed for, which is everybody globally. Um, my only barriers have been financial and business ones, but those have been considerable. I and my tiny team have fought a battle every single day for the past 14 years because every piece of business infrastructure other tech startups get to take for granted. We can't, the small print always says no adult content. And that is all based across every area of the business. And so I've spent 14 years parallel pathing two things, working to build Make Love Not Porn and working to change the cultural context around it. Because when you have a truly world-changing startup, you have to change the world to fit it, not the other way around. And I'm happy to report that 14 years later, I'm finally seeing those barriers falling because I and others like me have made them fall. You can tell us, tell us one of those highlight moments that when a barrier fell, that you had a you had a yes, like a victory moment. Well, to, well, here's what's interesting. So, I've been basically trying to raise funding for the past 14 years. You know, when the entire world responded to my TED talk back in 2009. And I saw that I'd uncovered a huge global social issue um, that when we don't talk openly and honestly about sex, porn becomes sex education by default. Um, and I turned to make love not porn into a business designed to do good, make money simultaneously. I pitched the idea of that for two years from 2009 to 2011, because that is how long it took me to find one angel investor who got it and put up seed funding that meant I could build a platform. And so I've been trying to raise funding ever since because it's been so challenging. Now, um, I've kept Make Love Not Porn operational for 10 years on just $3 million of funding, all from one investor, and that's an extraordinary feat. Mm. So I'm now setting out to raise a serious round of funding. I'm setting out to raise $17 million to scale the core platform and to build out three product extensions. And my challenge um, isn't always has been that I know that my investors are absolutely out there. There are a ton of them. And there are a ton of them in every single country in the world. They're impossible to find by the usual means because mm. 
they all have one thing in common. Your willingness to fund Make Love Not Porn is entirely a function of your personal sexual journey. It is a function of your personal lens on sex and sexuality that's been shaped by your own experience. Mm. And I have no way to research and target for that, especially because sex is the one area where you cannot tell from the outside what anybody thinks on the inside. Mm -hmm. The people who look like they would totally get it don't. The people who look like complete prudes do. And so my investor filing strategy has been, I deliberately put what I'm doing out there all the time. I promote Make Love Not Porn across all my social channels. I do every media interview I'm asked to. I go on every podcast because I have to rely on making mm -hmm. synaptic connections happen that will attract those investors to me. Now, this is ostensibly a long, slow, painful, and highly inefficient process. But the good news is that every so often it works. And the even better news is in the past year, it's been working more and more. I am frankly gobsmacked at the amount of incoming investor interest I have on LinkedIn. And, and by the way, Lauren, if you had told me 10 years ago that one day I would say to you, I'm all about LinkedIn, I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> I am all about LinkedIn. We love LinkedIn. We absolutely, LinkedIn makes shit happen. And mm -hmm. so LinkedIn is my number one investor generator. Um, and it, it's just incredible. I mean, investors reach out of the blue. They go, I see you raising funding. I'd like to talk. I'm intrigued. Tell me more. And so I am so encouraged by the fact that I've had so many investors reach out to me. And when they do, you know, that means that my investor leads are self-selecting. You know, they already get it before we even have the first conversation. So I'm feeling very, very encouraged by that. Brilliant. I'm so pleased to hear that. And I think the story you've just told is such a good example of the power and value of working in the open, learning in the open, self-promotion, because you're acting as a filter by putting all that into the world, you're attracting the right type of people who are going to get you, get your product, get your values. You're absolutely right. I'm sorry to you know, jump in, but, but you're so right because even though my investor finding strategy is one that I've been forced to adopt, I now share it with all entrepreneurs and I especially encourage them to use LinkedIn for this because actually, you know, even if you are a more conventional founder in a more conventional sector, you know, you don't mm -hmm. have the challenges I do as a sex tech venture. Um, you want the investors who get it. You want the business partners who respond to what you're doing. And so you're absolutely right. You know, my philosophy is be your own filter. I'm encouraging everybody, whatever you're doing in whatever capacity, put it out there on LinkedIn because you will bring your tribe to you. You know, they will absolutely respond and you will be a magnet for exactly the kind of people you want to fund you and you want to partner yeah. with. And I know that you'll hear these stories as well, because that's a message that I very much stand behind. But I often hear the kind of familiar story of, but who, who cares what I've got to say? And the world's so noisy, it doesn't need another LinkedIn post from little old me, which I know we're on the same page with, but I'd love to just hear your perspective on, because there will be folks listening who intellectually understand the power of visibility and learning in the open, but are not taking action on those things because they're in their own way. No, no you're absolutely right, Lauren. And so 
Um, and so what, what I say to people, especially women, um, first and foremost is, you know, um, th there's this massive misconception that on LinkedIn, you have to post a certain way. And there's this misconception because we see white men doing this all the time. You, you know, you've got to have a big business point of view. You've got to, you know, you've got to have some kind of motivational business message. And all of that is absolute bollocks. Okay. My recommendation is do what I do, which is just be yourself on LinkedIn. And anyone who follows me on LinkedIn will know that, you know, I post a range of things. You know, I post about Make Love Not Porn. I post about my views on business, advertising, tech. I post what I'm doing. I post me and my friends at dinner. I post where I'm traveling to. And I have to tell you, I get a huge number of messages on LinkedIn saying, I just want to tell you how much I love your content. Mm. You, are the, you are the reason I log into LinkedIn every morning. You know, and, and, and so, you know, even though LinkedIn is a professional platform, professionals are human beings too, people really enjoy glimpses of you. So mm -hmm. honestly, you know, you find something funny, post it. You know, you're doing something interesting, post a photo. You have a point of view about your industry, post that. Just be yourself on LinkedIn. And, you know, the reason I say that LinkedIn makes shit happen is because I'm active across a number of social channels, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And I love LinkedIn because the LinkedIn algorithm works more effectively than on any other social channel. So on LinkedIn, you know, when you post something, everyone in your network sees it. When somebody likes your post, everybody in their network sees that. Mm -hmm. When someone comments on your post, everyone in their network sees that. My posts on LinkedIn get way more reach, impressions, and engagement than on any other social channel because of the way that algorithm works. And so, you know, LinkedIn is just fantastic for be who you are, but then again, you know, um, that will reach a very wide audience and your community will build around yeah, you. Yeah, my experience is is very similar. And right now, I'm actually not using Twitter very much at all because I tweet and it's, you know, you can see the tumbleweed and I put the same thing on LinkedIn and there's engagement and DMs and comments and sharing. So I am also on team LinkedIn at the moment. Um, and, and, and by the way, Lauren, it's sad because like you, I mean, Twitter used to be my favorite mm -hmm. social channel. Yeah. But ever since Elon Musk took over, it's a shit show. And, you know, I no longer get, you know, the views and the engagement um, that, that I used to. And sadly, I think it is going down the tubes. I'm still using it, but I am now, as I said, I'm all about LinkedIn, who knew? <laughs> and through, I guess, through these channels and through how open you are, you've built a reputation for taking a stand, for, you know, calling out the bullshit, challenging the status quo. And I'm so curious to know, like, who, what inspires you, but also who inspires you? Like, who do you see leading the way when it comes to being a woman on the internet, having a voice, taking a stand, challenging the status quo? Honestly, Lauren, I'm inspired every single day by the millions of women who are doing that as we speak. Mm -hmm. I'm inspired by every single woman speaking up to change the things we all want to see change. And I'll give you an example. Um, literally just before um, I came on this podcast, I posted um, a post on LinkedIn, um, which I encourage everybody listening to find, um, because um, 
you know, some years back, um, and, and sadly, I get this all the time, a young woman reached out to me about um, an appalling sexual assault that she had mm. experienced um, while traveling to a conference with her boss and other colleagues. And, and this was an, a sexual assault by an employee of the company she was working for, which was OMD, the media agency that is part of Omnicom. And I absolutely encouraged her to speak up and take action. She messaged me um, today. Um, um, she absolutely took them to court. And there was a big expose in the French uh, publication, Le Parisienne, um, to, and I think actually that this was like two days ago, she's just sent it to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm all about this court case, all about the horrific events. And I have just posted that on LinkedIn, calling out her bravery, tagging Omnicom, OMD, Omnicom Media Group, and the head of Omnicom Media Group, Florian Adamski, saying the world is watching this court case. We want to see you do the right thing, especially for all of your female employees worldwide. I am so blown away by Camille Franck's bravery in absolutely speaking up and taking Omnicom and OMD to court over what is a horrific um, sexual assault and then their attempts to cover it all up afterwards. That's just one example of an extraordinary bravery that inspires me every single day. Well, I will check that out. And I'm also so glad to hear that she she stood back she stood up for herself and that it's getting the attention that it deserves um because i think you know 14 years is a long time and it's a lot of no's and a lot of rejections and a, a long time to get investors excited like what what keeps you going what keeps you so motivated and sparky you know, it's very fortunate, Lauren, that the thing that most motivates me is the dynamic that I characterize as, I'm going to fucking well show you. Mm. You tell me it can't be done, I'm going to fucking well show you. You put an obstacle in my path, I'm going to fucking well show you. I have to channel all of that daily demoralization and depression into inspiration and motivation. Mm. And I am absolutely going to fucking well show you. <laughs> No, I, I get it. I get it. And I think it's it's interesting for those of us who work in these spaces where there is a lot, you know, you're exposed to a lot of sexism, misogyny, despair, hopelessness, because you're right beside the stories, the data, you know, the reality of being a being a woman in this world. Um, and I feel I feel very similar that it's the seed of that anger and frustration that also fuels the fire and the and the motivation. No, no, absolutely, Lauren, because, you know, for years, and I think you know this, I've been urging women to get very, very angry. Mm -hmm. And I've been urging women to do that because we are never encouraged to get angry. You know, nice girls don't get angry. Nice girls don't display emotion. Nice girls stay calm and nice all the time. And I urge women to get very, very angry because when we get angry, we make shit happen. Mm. And boy, oh boy, do we ever have a ton of stuff to get very, very angry about. And so okay. I'm thrilled when I see other women like me absolutely being motivated by anger. Um, my friend, Natalie Molina Nino, she's an amazing entrepreneur and investor. And some years back, she wrote a brilliant book called Leapfrog. 
And it's called Leapfrog because she interviewed a ton of female founders, um, including me, I'm in the book as well, on you know, how we had solved the obstacles we encountered in order to basically create a book of what she calls you know, leapfrog hacks for mm. other founders to leapfrog the obstacles that you know, uh, we came, came upon. And so we're trying to kind of help um, you know, clear their way. And there's a line in her book that I absolutely love because you know, generally speaking, um, when people are encouraged to become entrepreneurs, they're always told, you know, find something you're passionate about, you know, mm. in terms of business. And Natalie says, forget passion, find things you want to punch. <laughs> yes. And she's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Find the things that piss the hell out of you and then start something to solve that. Yeah. I love it. Find something. I thought you were going to say find something that makes you feel angry. Find something that makes you want to punch it. <laughs> it's even better. You've, you've mentioned a few times, you know, there's things that you urge women to do. You know, there's specific ideals around making money, self-promotion, visibility. If you could give every single woman listening to this a message and be guaranteed that they would take action on it, what would that message be? Oh, um, that's a very easy one, Lauren. It is simply... <laughs> don't give a damn what anybody else thinks. You know, the the best moment of my life, and this wasn't a moment per se, it was a gradual realization, was the day I realized I don't give a damn what anybody else thinks. Because fear of what other people think is the single most paralyzing dynamic in business and in life. You will never own the future if you care what other people think. Mm -hmm. So I yearn for every woman in the world to take that on board don't give a damn what anybody else thinks because that is the only way to live your life and do your work. And how do you kind of reconcile that idea with the notion of caring very deeply about the thing you want to punch, the problem you want to solve, the customers you're serving? Like, how does that sit for you? Um, so, you know, because, because often I get women saying to me, oh my God, Sydney, I love that you don't give a damn what anybody else thinks, but how do I get there? Mm-hmm. And it's very simple because the way you get there is, if you've never done this before, take a long, hard look into yourself and identify what you stand for, what you believe in, what you value, what you're all about. And the reason for doing that is because when you do that, it makes life so much simpler. Life still throws you all the shit it always will but you know that you are responding to that in any given scenario in a way that is true to you. Mm. That, that is the secret of happiness, living your life and working your work according to your values, because you know you are always doing what is true to you. And that is how you get to not give a damn what anybody else thinks, because you are starting your company, creating your company culture, growing your business, you know, looking after your employees, in a way that is absolutely in line with your values. That's what I'm doing. You know, I designed all of my own values and beliefs and philosophies into Make Love Not Porn. Mm-hmm. You know, I am living and working my values on a daily basis. And that's why I know I don't have to give a damn what anybody else thinks, because I know that everything I'm doing is true to what I believe in. Mm. And do you have a support system or a kind of an accountability something to help you with that to help to help people hold a mirror up to you and when those values are being compromised or when you're working too much not looking after yourself or whatever that might be or do you feel like you do it all on your own 
Well, to, well, you know, the great thing is, um, Lauren, at the age of 63, I don't need to worry about any of that. <laughs> um, so first of all, because I've, you know, designed my own business, I have an absolutely phenomenal team um, running Make Love Not Porn for me. Um, they're tiny. I have four employees. You know, my amazing head of curation, Ariel Martinez, my brilliant head of sales, Abigail Minar, my superb curators, Sanaya Latif, Angie Cosmo, um, they are just spectacular. And, and you know, again, they all um, live and share my values. And so um, they have my complete and total trust. I could get run over by a bus tomorrow. They would carry on running Make Love Not Porn the way it needs to be run. So I don't have to worry mm. about anything. And also, you know, one of the reasons I urge every woman to start your own industry, and by the way, when I say that, I mean start your own business, but I deliberately articulate it like that. I mm -hmm. say start your own industry, because when you start your own business, you can design that business to work exactly the way you want it to. Mm -hmm. You can design into it the kind of culture you know you thrive in, the kind of work-life balance you want, the business model is how you want to make money. And when you do that, you are starting the industry we all want to live and work in. And so I encourage women to start their own industry because honestly, the best thing about working for yourself, in my view, is managing your own schedule. Because actually, you know, it's very funny, Lauren, somebody asked me um, in another interview a few days ago, so Cindy, you know, um, what's your form of self-care? You know, how do you look after yourself on a daily basis? And I went, oh, oh, that's very really simple. Not having a husband and children. Okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's my self care. I yeah. I adore being on my own, and I don't have to worry about anybody else. Okay, yeah. Um, but, and so managing your own schedule is part of that because, you know, as an entrepreneur, um, I work all the time. You know, I work evenings and weekends. But when you manage your own schedule, um, you can manage the flow of your work. Um, the way you want to. So yes, I work at weekends, but I also spend a certain amount of time every weekend doing nothing. The art of doing nothing is highly underrated. It's mm. very important to be at weekends to do nothing. Um, and so, you know, I, I work at weekends when I want to, you know, I will work a bit, do nothing for a bit, work some more. I love the ability to manage my own schedule. And that is a huge part of stress management in my book. I agree. And I think the freedom that being your own boss brings is almost difficult to articulate. You know, even if I just look at the last few months of my life, it's like being able to choose when I work, choose when I travel, choose where I am, when I'm awake, when I'm asleep, when I'm in calls, when I'm not in calls. That the idea of having to be boxed into a kind of sh sh strict routine that was managed by somebody else actually makes me feel quite panicked I think I'm at the stage where I've been employed twice in my life and I don't I think I'm past the point where that would ever happen again which of course is very linked to privilege you know not all of us not everybody can make the decision or have the safety to even consider starting a business or building their own venture but I do think a huge percentage of folks who can and could don't because of fear and I guess that's that's the people that I'm interested in reaching yeah. but, but, but also do you know Lauren um, because I want every woman to be able to start her own business and what I think is really interesting and I don't see this view being expressed very widely at the moment is 
as you know, you know, the advent of automation, AI, machine mm -hmm. intelligence, etc., um, has given rise to this widespread, oh my God, so many jobs are going to be lost. But I think what people are losing sight of is that um, things like AI and ChatGPT are absolutely the tools whereby many women at whatever level of the economy and at whatever level of you know the social hierarchy can absolutely um find ways to start their own businesses in ways they never could before mm -hmm. and you know along with everyone else i'm waiting to see how all this plays out but actually i believe that you know um we now have more and more digital tools that actually facilitate more people be able to start businesses at whatever tiny level whether it's mm -hmm. you know selling things you bake in your kitchen um versus you know, the white male corporate world presumption that when they automate corporate processes, oh, the poor old workers, you know, we don't give a shit, but they won't have jobs. Oh my God, the opportunity to do your own thing in a completely different way is huge. So, so I actually, you know, I, I want to see the mainstreaming of entrepreneurialism um, in a way that we don't currently. And I absolutely believe that that is gonna be possible in the future. Mm. What do you think, what what can people listening do, what can we do to help that conversation become more mainstream? Because how, I, how I'm doing that just now is as a founder and entrepreneur with a partner and a five-year-old, I am trying to talk openly and honestly about the reality of being a founder, of building a business, the ups, the downs, what's hard, what's great, and doing all of that in the open as much as I can. And I think it is, you know, I get lots of really good feedback because we don't see so much of that. We do see really shiny Forbes 30 by 30 lists. And, you know, I think often the backstory of these people can be missed off. And we know that the number one factor that influences whether you start a business or not is how much money your parents have. And that's kind of the bit that I, that's how I'm thinking about it. But how are, how, how are you thinking about it? How can we help make that happen? Sure. So, so what I think is really interesting right now, Lauren, is that there's a huge opportunity for women to bring the female lens to building infrastructure that enables women at every level of society um, to start their own businesses um, without any friends and family, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, safety net um, in place at all, and to make an absolute goddamn fucking shit ton of money doing so. I'm going to give you an example of what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. So um, I highly recommend to all our listeners that they go to um, after this podcast. Um, they got acquired.com. Mm. They got acquired.com is one year old. Um, it was started by the brilliant Alexis Grant um, a year ago. And she started it. And, and this again is what I mean by the female lens. Okay. Mm -hmm. What we see celebrated in the media are those white bros Silicon Valley exits of like unicorns, mm -hmm. billions of dollars. Okay. Alexis decided to start a media platform and a resource center to celebrate and help facilitate business exits at the complete opposite end of the spectrum. 
So she started theygotacquired.com to celebrate exits on a spectrum from $100,000 to 50 million. Because at every point along that spectrum is life-changing money for yeah. families. Yeah. So everybody listening, go to theygotacquired.com, sign up for Alexis's weekly newsletter. Because mm -hmm. in, in her newsletter and on the website, you'll see, uh, but every week she celebrates a new case study. And I have to say, I'm finding this enormously educational myself because what they, they got acquired demonstrates is that whatever you start in have a smaller capacity, there is always somebody for whom that has value that will acquire it. Mm -hmm. So one of the case studies a little while back was a woman started a recipe blog. You know, she loved cooking, you know, um, so she just started blogging her recipes and, you know, telling some stories around them. And she built up a community around this. And eventually she got tired of kind of the work required to maintain this. And she sold her recipe blog to a large food company for $200,000. Amazing. Equally, another case study was a man who started a design blog, one man operation, sold it to a tech company for $1 million. Okay. Um, so um, when, that's what I mean, Lauren, when I say that anybody can start a business that they feel really motivated to start and make it work for a reasonable period of time and then giant company x will buy it from you for an absolute goddamn fucking shit ton of money okay so you know um then um you know i i would like and actually this is kind of inherent within um what alexis celebrates they got acquired but you know to, so to your question very specifically I'd like to see somebody start the, you know, um, media platform resource center that says this is how somebody started their business on no money. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and there are a ton of examples out there, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, I, I make this point too. So in my personal coaching practice, I coach, um, I mean, I coach women and men across all industries, but I coach a lot of women in my industry advertising. And the point I make to them is, um, it is so easy to start your own industry when it comes to advertising or any other service business, because you only need two things, your brain and your network. Mm. Your brain, because in a creative industry like advertising, that is what clients are paying for, your ideas. And your network, because when it comes to executing those ideas, in your network, you already know, you know, the, you know, graphic designer. You know the website builder. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know the you know um, when you've worked in the creative industry, you've built up a network where when you need to draw on them, you know every single person who could actually execute on what you need executed on. You don't need an office. You don't you don't need to hire employees. You know, and so and so starting your own business, starting your own industry, is a lot easier to do with no money than a lot of people think it is. Yes, I I completely agree, and I think the the tools that the internet has given us, the majority of them are free. When you're in those early days, are really significant. You can do extraordinary things from a laptop in very little time, and I think people we people make up this narrative that you need lots of money and you need investment and you need an app and you need a brand and you need a strategy. And I'll say you, you don't need any of that. You need something to say, you need something to stand for and then the courage to say it, the courage to take action on the thing. Um, which is why, you know, all of the work that 
we do up front is about helping women change their relationship with confidence and understand that you know like self-doubt and lack of ambition motivation ability to take action you know none of that is our fault it's very much a consequence of being in a patriarchal environment where certain groups are given permission to fail and try and experiment and to speak up more than others and so we're on a mission to support one million women and we are and, you know, I, I actually am convinced that we have met that goal after having our very first in-person conference last weekend and hearing all the stories from the people there. Um, I don't quite have it in a spreadsheet yet, but my my instinct is telling me because we've had thousands of people go through our programme and let's say, you know, 50% of them, they tell 20 people out of those 20, 10 to, you know, how it works. But what I would, what I always love to ask our guests on Upfront Moment is if you imagine a world where we've achieved that goal and lack of confidence and lack of community is never the reason why a woman is not doing the thing that she wants to do. Like, how do you think the world would be different from Cindy's perspective? Oh, my God. I mean, you know, I've been saying this for decades, um, you know, because I've always said to men, men, we live in a world where the default setting is always male. Mm-hmm. Men, you have no idea how much happier you would be living in a world that was equally led, influenced, managed and inspired by all of us. And so um, it's very simple. We'll all just be a whole lot happier. Yeah. Happier humans all round. I agree. And is there anything that you would like to plug or share? How can we support you and your mission to help the world make love, not porn? Absolutely. Um, to our listeners, you know, if you've enjoyed what I've talked about, please support my own startup. Go to makelovenotporn.tv. It's free to sign up. Um, subscriptions start at $10 a month. It's very cheap. So please support my startup. Consider becoming a Make Love Not Porn star. We have a revenue sharing business model. Um, you can find me and Make Love Not Porn at Cindy Gallup, at Make Love Not Porn on Twitter and Instagram. Obviously, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, my favorite <laughs> social platform. And also, um, I just started an advice column. I've started a substack called oh. Cindy because people write to me all the time. I mean, a lot of people write to me in the comments of Make Love Not Porn asking for sex advice, but I get a ton of other queries. And so do find Dear Cindy on Substack. Um, it's free to subscribe, but um, if you pay to subscribe, you'll see all of the questions that I answer. And I'd love you to do that because um, basically the money goes to support Make Love Not Porn. So um, I would love you to do any and all of those things. Yes, we will do that. I love the idea of Dear Cindy. Well, I know I speak for many women when I say thank you for sharing your voice and your gift with the world and in the way that you do it. I, you know, I really do mean that you have inspired me tremendously over the years. And I know that the ripple effect of that goes very far. So it's been an honor to have this time with you. And thank you for all you do for the world. Lauren, I'm so moved and touched to hear that. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Well, my friend, what are you going to do with all of this Cindy and upfront energy? 
you know we are all about action. I want you to put this energy into something. Go and look at theygotacquired.com. Write the article, post the thing, have the conversation, buy the domain, do the thing. Today is the day. Spitzbot. Episode 53. What a thing. Thank you so much for being part of season two. This is our last episode before we break for summer. So I just want to say a massive thank you so much for being here, for listening, for sharing, for being part of our Upfront Moment journey. We will be back in September with a brand new season and I would love, love, love to hear from you on what you would like to see more of Is there a particular guest you would like me to interview? Is there a topic that you would like me to talk about? You can email me at lauren at weareupfront.com. You can talk to me on Instagram. And I love hearing your stories of how these upfront moments are changing your mindsets, shifting your behaviour. They are inviting conversations with your spouses and partners and friends and sons and daughters. And I absolutely love to see it. 53 whole episodes, another whole season. I am so proud of us. Have an amazing summer and I will see you in September. Bye, lots of love. (laughs) 